1: With the current or the recent election to power of President Ferdinand Marcos, Jr., it's a time of opportunity for the U.S.-Philippines alliance. But it's also a delicate time for the Philippines' leadership, which must navigate this new reality of increased maritime aggression from China.
2: That was Lisa Curtis, director of the Indo-Pacific Security Program. She was speaking at the forum, hosted by the strat Albert de Rosario Institute. I'm Bella Perez-Rubio, Puma Podcast. It's been six years since the landmark Hague ruling invalidated China's so-called nine-dash claims over disputed waters. And yet here in the Philippines, we are still disputing what it means. In today's episode, we ask, What can the new president do to move us forward?
1: Considering in the West Philippine Sea that there have been these conflicts, we will not allow a single square and even make it smaller, a single square millimeter of our maritime uh, coastal, and uh, up to uh, 200 kilometers, uh, we well,
2: rights to be, to be trampled upon. A few weeks after President Ferdinand Bongbong Marcos Jr. was elected, he made that very critical promise. After six years of inaction from Terte, to say hopes are high that Marcos will keep his word is an understatement. Here's Director of the Indo-Pacific Security Programme, Lisa Curtis, again
1: increasingly assertive maritime behavior. We should name it when we see it, whether it is harassment of local fishermen or of local oil exploration activities, or of maritime vessels operating in their own waters, as happened recently when Chinese Coast Guard vessels threatened Philippines' resupply vessels.
2: Curtis acknowledged that the Philippines, like other ASEAN nations, is wary of being used as a pawn in the US-China rivalry. But she also made this argument.
1: We know the Philippines also wishes to avoid conflict, but standing up to China's maritime aggression and taking steps to push back against it are necessary to maintain the rules-based order, which is ultimately the best way we can avoid any conflict.
2: And there's reason to hope for those who are looking to the Philippines to assert its maritime rights more forcefully under the new administration. Here's what reappointed ambassador to the U.S. Jose Romualdez had to say at the same forum.
0: China and the maritime dispute in the South China Sea remain to be the biggest foreign policy challenge for the Philippines, especially in the light of our neighbors' growing assertiveness. We remain optimistic the best way forward is still diplomacy. Nevertheless, we are prepared to deter aggression. So where does this leave the United States? For one, it gives the United States an, an opportunity to re-energize an alliance that had become really more than a little wobbly under Duterte.
2: That was Marie Hibbert, Senior Associate at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, speaking at the same strat-based forum. Both Hibbert and Indo-Pacific Security Program Director Lisa Curtis say a stronger U.S.-Philippines alliance is crucial to upholding a rules-based order in the region. Here's how they think it should be done. First, Hibbert says U.S. President Joe Biden should immediately invite Marcos Jr. to Washington.
0: The U.S. should seek to involve the Philippines in the Indo-Pacific economic framework, which Marcos has already signaled he's going to join. Marcos has mentioned that he's very interested in increasing infrastructure, and hopefully he will get more out of the new arrangements that he's talking about than the MOUs that China offered to Duterte, which really very didn't amount to very much infrastructure construction.
2: He says the Philippines is in a sweet spot right now, with both Beijing and Washington courting the new administration. Next, Hibbert says there needs to be a continued joint effort to uphold Manila's rights in the West Philippine Sea.
0: The US needs to continue urging China to compromise with the Philippines and the other three disputants and should work with partners in Asia and Europe to impose economic and diplomatic costs against the aggressive behavior by China. So far, there's been calling out, but not much, haven't been many costs for China, and it's probably, we're getting close to the time when maybe there ought to be some costs inflicted.
2: Both analysts also pushed for the reinvigoration of the Enhanced Defense Cooperation Agreement, or EDCA, which is intended to boost the Philippine military's capacity while giving Washington more access to its bases. And here's a final recommendation from Curtis. On the security front, we recommended that the U.S. elevate our diplomatic
1: engagement and inaugurate a ministerial level 2 plus 2 dialogue between our secretaries of state and defense. This will enhance the bilateral alliance and enable Washington and Manila to increase and raise the level of our strategic consultations and operational
2: planning. And that was today's episode of Teca Teca. Again, I'm Bella Perez rubio This episode was produced by Kat Ventura and edited by Preska Pistrano. If you liked this episode and want to learn more, check out the episode titled what should President-elect Marcos Jr. do with the AFP Modernization Program? And follow Teca, Teca and Puma Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are excited to build our community with you, and it looks like we'll be able to meet for events real soon. So if you want to stay in the loop, please go to pumapodcast.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Thanks for listening.